Hello and welcome to Music for a While. I'm Jay Nordlinger, music critic of the New Criterion. It's a pleasure to be talking to you today. I could use a musical break, a break from the political grind. Of course, I shouldn't complain. I have many musical breaks away. For instance, I'm going to the opera right after I record this podcast. Speaking of opera, recently I reviewed Agrippina at the Met. Agrippina is a Handel opera, one of the 40 or so he wrote. It's amazing how many of them begin with A. Alcina, Ariodante, Atalanta, Almira. There are 13 of these A operas, if you can believe it. But today we're talking a little Agrippina. There are two arias from this opera that are broadly known. First, Bel Piacere, or Beautiful Pleasure, which is for soprano. Second, an aria that is sung by a soprano or a mezzo, depending. Pensieri voi mi tormentate. Thoughts, you torment me. The aria sounds just that way, too. What's this opera about, by the way? About court intrigue in ancient Rome, like many an opera. The title character, Agrippina, is Nero's mother, who plots to put that charmer on the throne. Let's hear Bel Piacere, sung and sung superbly by the great Rene Fleming. heard Bel Piacere from Handel's opera Agrippina, sung by Rene Fleming, the American soprano, with the Orchestra of the Age of Enlightenment, conducted by Harry Bickett. As for that other Agrippina aria, the one about the tormenting thoughts, we'll hear it in a bit. Yu Jia Wang, the Chinese pianist, gave a recital in Carnegie Hall. She began with a piece by Galupi. Who? Baldassare Galupi, a Venetian who lived in the 18th century, from 1706 to 1785 specifically. He was a big deal in his day, today not much remembered. 
Yuja Wang played the Andante movement from Galuppi's Sonata No. 5 in C major. I don't have a recording of her playing it. I do have Arturo Benedetti Michelangeli. This is one of the most beautiful names in the history of music, by the way, in the history of anything. Arturo Benedetti Michelangeli. We will hear about half the Andante. It's a dear, songful thing, simple in a positive and beautiful sense.
The Andante from the Keyboard Sonata No. 5 in C Major by Baldassare Galuppi, played by the late great Italian Arturo Benedetti Michelangeli. To say it once more, I'm Jay Nordlinger, bringing you music for a while. Our producer is Scott Immergut. If you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, you may do so at iTunes, Google Play, and so on. If you'd like to write to me, the address is nordlinger at newcriterion.com. If you'd like to receive the show by email, links to new episodes, let me know. Back to Agrippina, the Handel opera, and time for Pensieri Voi Mi Tormentate. We will hear it sung by Joyce Di Donato, the mezzo from Kansas. It was she who starred at the Met, and who was the star of my review, in a way. We will hear about half the aria, which Di Donato begins like a drill, like a dental drill or a power drill, boring into your forehead. You'll see.
That was some of the aria Pensieri Voi Mi Tormentate from Handel's opera Agrippina, sung by Joyce Di Donato, with an orchestra called Il Pomodoro, conducted by Maxim Yemelianichev. Shall we go back to Yuja Wang? I really want to. Let me read from my review of her Carnegie recital. The best thing on the night, in my opinion, was Wang's Ravel, a piece from Miroir, Une Barque sur l'Océan, A Boat on the Ocean. As I've said before, the woman is born to play French Impressionism. Her Ravel was a miracle. It was liquid. There was no sense of hammers and keys, of an instrumental mechanism at work. How Wang can achieve this effect is hard to fathom. Yep. Well, she played in Palm Beach on February 5th, about three weeks before she played in New York. Someone recorded her Ravel, and there it sits on YouTube. Here you go. A cell phone rings during this performance, and there are other audience noises as well. But man, what playing. What playing. Barely fathomable. Listen to her.
Yuja Wang in Une Box sur l'Océan from Ravel's Miroir. Whoa. Robert L. Marshall is an eminent musicologist, a professor emeritus at Brandeis. I've known him for many years, and he has taught me many things. His latest book is Bach and Mozart, Essays on the Enigma of Genius. I wrote about it in a blog post at the New Criterion. A reader wrote the following to me. Dear Jay, as a Mozart man, you are surely familiar with the ballet music he wrote to accompany his opera Idomeneo. I discovered it purely by chance sometime last year, and since then it has been a staple of my classical music playlist. There are certain parts where I find myself waving my arms in the air like a lunatic in time with the music, much to the amusement of those around me. I would even go so far as to say it is my single favorite piece by anyone, anywhere. But something mystified me. How is it I had never heard of it before? I did some searching and I discovered that not only is K367, the ballet music, mostly unknown, it is also left out of most modern performances of Idomeneo. Now, I don't pretend to actually know anything about classical music, I just enjoy listening to it, but I find that completely unfathomable. The Idomeneo ballet is thrilling, triumphant, calming, sad, beautiful, there are performances of the opera that include the first two movements alone. There are six, by the way. That I can understand a bit better. But to skip the ballet entirely is simply mystifying. Is there any particular reason this music is so underappreciated? Well, I forwarded the reader's letter to Professor Marshall, who wrote the following. Your correspondent is quite right. The ballet music to Idomeneo is simply magnificent, thrilling indeed. The main reason it isn't performed much, no doubt, is that the pieces were written as part of the opera, and the opera is quite long enough without them, at least three hours, I would think. Adding the ballet music at the end would add close to half an hour. That makes for quite a long evening at the opera. What's more, if you were going to add the ballet music to an operatic performance, then you would have to add dancers and choreography as well. And the character of the music suggests that the ballet should be pretty extravagant. By now, you're talking about a major budget buster. On top of that, it's been suggested that our image of Mozart's opera is formed by the later Viennese operas, which don't have ballets at the end could well be that modern audiences wouldn't have the patience for them. They are, after all, superfluous to the actual plot, which has come to an end before they start. It was a French thing at the time. The Munich court had French taste in such matters. I definitely agree that, at the least, the main portion of the ballet music, the Chacon, large-scale and extraordinary in every respect, should be performed at symphonic concerts. There's no good reason not to. My guess here is that conductors may then wonder whether they're also obliged to play the shorter dances that follow it. Anyway, I just spent some time listening to the ballet music, thanks to your reader's query, and I couldn't have spent the time any better. Hail Wolfgang. Yes, indeed. Okay, that's Chacon.
well, it goes on, but we've had a strong taste, a strong taste of the chacun that begins the ballet music that Mozart wrote for his opera Idomeneo. The players were the Vienna Mozart Ensemble, conducted by Willy Boskowski. I read an obit in the New York Times, and here's how some of it goes, with a little paraphrasing, a little jiggering from me. Genet Dubois, who played the sassy Wallona Woods in the hit 1970s television show Good Times, and sang the theme song to another hit show, The Jeffersons, died on Monday at her home in Glendale, California. Good Times was one of the first sitcoms with a predominantly black cast and was noteworthy for featuring a two-parent home. Ms. Dubois' character, Wallona, was the single neighbor of Florida Evans, played by Esther Roll, the matriarch of the show's family. Wallona was stylish and outspoken, and she also had a big heart. She did not hesitate to take in Penny, an abused child played by a young Janet Jackson. While she was taping Good Times, Ms. Dubois told Norman Lear, an executive producer and one of the show's creators, that she wanted to branch out. Mr. Lear suggested she work on the theme song to another of his shows, The Jeffersons, a spin-off of his biggest hit, All in the Family. After speaking to her mother about aspirations to move up in life, Ms. Dubois wrote Moving On Up with Jeff Berry. She also sang it over the show's opening credits. Her daughter, Keisha Gupta Fields, said, She wrote that song as a promise to her mother that when she obtained a certain level of stardom, her dream was to essentially have her mom live in a deluxe apartment that was written and sung as a gift to her mother, Lillian Dubois. Moving On Up became widely known as a jubilant, aspirational theme song for black Americans. On Tuesday, Mr. Lear, in a post on Twitter, called Moving On Up the song of her passing. Janae Dubois was all light, he wrote. Thank you for joining me, everybody. See you next time.
Just to get 